Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share this. The beginning of last week, and I don't normally sense. You know, I've heard different ministers say they they sense the pace picking up. Have you? I'm sure some of you have been in, in meetings. They sense the pace picking up on the inside. Well, I can't say that I have. In a meeting, I can tell when the anointing shifts and changes. But last week, I was just sitting in my chair at home, and um, I just sensed on the inside of me the pace has picked up. The pace has picked up. And, of course, you know, there was nothing I could see that made that um, yes and amen. That's right. You heard right. There's nothing I can see. Even today, there's nothing I can see in Jesus' name. But the pace has picked up. I really believe that. And so um, um, I believe we're going to see a lot of a lot of changes and things happening. We're trying to we're trying to get everything here on track. I felt and sensed. I guess is maybe a better word. I sensed. Um, because I sense the pace picking up, I, I immediately go, this, we need to get this done, we need to get this done, we need to get this done, and why aren't we doing this, you know? And so I sense that picking up, okay? And so there was mostly that was, that was just the Lord reminding me, we need to teach this, we need to teach this, we need to teach this, to get this body of Christ ready to do what God's called it to do, to meet the need the demand of the people that are coming in. Amen? Amen. Everybody's got a part to play. Everybody's called, Sam called, to do a work for the Lord. Yeah, I'm called. We're going to, I don't know that we'll get there um, um, today, but I, I'm going to start with the born again. Remember, it was a month or so ago, I asked how many of you thought you could lead someone to the Lord? And most everybody raised their hands. Oh, kids, you can go quietly. <laughs> you can go. Zach, you just need to get up and stomp around and say, I'm leaving. Okay? <laughs> anyway, um, I couldn't see you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and if we can get that door oil, too, it would be great. <laughs> So it doesn't squeak. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting the number of things that you see and hear in the midst of a service, and that door is one of them. And so, anyway, um, yes, back to where I was. Okay, there's just some things that that I, I, you know, I I asked a while back how many could lead someone to the Lord, how many of you could get someone baptized in the Holy Spirit with the, them speaking in tongues. Not very many of you raised your hands, and so I, I want to go. This way, the born again, baptismal Holy Spirit, and then we're going to move right into the callings and the giftings. Most of my prep time this week was in that area of callings and giftings, but I, I, I think I, I want to start with a, with a um, knowledge of leading someone to the Lord. Make sure you all have that under your belt. <laughs> under your belt. How many of you wear a belt? Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do that, and I and I I would really encourage you to write down the scripture verses um, as we go through this being born again process. Um, and and I would say, you know, 
One of the biggest things to do in preparation for sharing the gospel or leading someone to the Lord, baptism of the Holy Spirit, or walking in the gifts of the Spirit, or doing your calling, what would be the very main thing that you would hear me say that is important for the body of Christ to have it under their belt, so to speak? What would that be? What do I talk a lot about? Praying in tongues. Yes, I talk a lot about praying in tongues. Do you know praying in tongues? Of course, of course, when you walk up to somebody that knows nothing about being born again and they're in the world, you can't just sit down and go, What is that going to do? That's not going to help them because they don't understand the thing you're saying. But your your job is to get them from that worldly position to the Shakedanamokurabasa and fulfilling what God's called them to do. That's everybody's job in here. Everybody's job. Okay, well, we'll go there. <laughs> I wasn't going to start here, but let's go to Mark. Mark 16. And you all should have this one really grounded in deep in your thought life. Mark 16. We just, I think we just talked about this, didn't we, Lord? Wasn't this just last week? Anyway, Mark 16. Go into all the, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is everybody's job in this room. Everybody's job in this room. If you are born again, Jesus is talking to you, and this is what you are to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Remember we talked about that? Those who have believed, if you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're going to be able to cast out demons because you have the authority he's given you. You're going to be able to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover because you're a believer. You're going to be able to speak in new tongues because you're a believer. Amen? And you're going to be able to pick up serpents and they and, and if you drink anything deadly, it will not hurt you. And, and you're going to be able to cast out demons because you're a believer. Amen? That black and white guys okay so if if you're going to sit down and talk to somebody about the lord you know a lot of times when i'm in a conversation with someone uh if i counsel someone that's that's a given they get asked if they're born again (laughs) it's just a given because that may be the only opportunity they hear that may be my only opportunity to confront them with their salvation you know, and so it's a given that I, I do that. That's when I'm counseling. Now, if I'm out and about and I'm always listening on the inside for an open door to be able to jump in with the gospel, I'm always doing that. If I'm carrying conversation, if there's a lady, a waitress working uh, at the restaurant where I sit down to eat, if I hear an opportunity, I may uh, encourage her in the Lord. I may do whatever. I jump in there with what I can do. Okay, and so so you don't have to have the whole Bible memorized in order to share the gospel. You just get a few scripture verses under your belt and you're ready to go under your belt. There's that word. Anyway, so all you need to do is what has Jesus done for you? What has he done for you? And you know what? There's something he's doing for you every minute of every day. 
You can look at everything in a day's time and it's all a miracle. It's all a miracle. He is so good. He is so good. I used to, I started doing this years ago. I would look at everything as a miracle. Oh, you must be wanting to see something important here. Um, it's, it's everything is, every moment of our day is a miracle. Amen. Everything we do and accomplish is a miracle because we are serving him and we're living for him and we're underneath his, his, uh, Lordship doing what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. So I'm always looking. I'm always looking. I'm not looking for what's going wrong in a day's time. Now we need to stop doing. Amen. We need to stop doing that because is Jesus Lord of your life or is he not? Start looking for what he's doing in your life. Focus on the goodness of God. Focus on what he's doing. Even if it's, even if it's something just real little and small. Focus on that, not on the terrible thing or the thing that didn't go right. Maybe your car acted funny going down the road. It would only go 10 miles an hour. So what? <laughs> so what? Then the other car had a flat tire. So what? You know, so what? God's good, isn't he? God is still good. So we focus on the good things. Amen. So you all have a testimony. If you sit down with somebody to share Jesus, you all have a testimony. There's something within it, a day's time that you can say that God moved on your behalf, or you can use that testimony to share with somebody, okay? So what has Jesus done for you lately? That's a testimony that you can share with somebody that is, doesn't know Jesus as Lord. Because, you know, when you start sharing and talking about Jesus, the life of God just comes oozing out of you. And they sense there's something different about you. That life comes out of you. The joy of the Lord comes out of you. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And when we spend time thanking him, we're thinking about the good things he's done. Amen? Amen. Okay. So I want to share a few scripture verses that I think when um, my husband and I did telephone evangelism, which is something I would really like to pick up again. Um, like I told you, you know, the, there's I, mostly the Jehovah Witnesses, you know, have kind of put a dent in going to people's doors, and so is COVID. And But the telephone is non-invasive, really, you know. And my husband saw that as a good way to get into somebody's home, but still not be in their presence, you know, and not, they, they were more free to be open and share. And so I tell you, when some nights when it was just going really good, we could lead a number of them to the Lord, number of people to the Lord. And it was, it was so much fun. My job was praying. But anyway, so it was, it was, it was great. But anyway, we would meditate on these, some of these scripture verses I'm going to give you. And you can just write them down. We don't need to look at all of them. Like I said, I've got, uh, umpteen million things to go over here. But, and, and there will be next, probably next week, we'll probably, um, go over a little bit of this for the benefit of the people down here because I do want I do want people to get this um under their belt. Okay. 
Okay, John 3, and you can write this down, John 3, 1. This is about Nicodemus. And, you know, he was a scholar, and he went to Jesus, and he said, what do I have to do to be born again? What must I do? What what do I have to do? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand how he could get back into his mother's womb and be born again. How does that work? And so... um so that's a good scripture verse to meditate on. John 3.16, of course, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God loves everybody in this world so much so that he sent his only son. And that's really a good scripture verse to, to uh, kind of open up on. And then um, Romans 10.9-10, 10, we've talked about this one a lot. But this was one of my, my standbys that I used a lot. And I knew I needed to have something so I could share the gospel with people. And I knew I could get them, I could lead them to the Lord. You know, I've, I've shared this story where I wasn't very knowledgeable about the word. I mean, I was, let's see, I was probably maybe hugging 30. Didn't know a lot about the word. Maybe it was in the late 20s. And um, I, I didn't know a lot. But... I came to a place where I realized I needed to to know a lot. I needed to know more than I did if I was ever going to lead anybody to the Lord. And so, uh, and I recognized that that was part of my calling, part of what I was supposed to do, you know. Anyway, so uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, of course, that is, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, for with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That Those two scripture verses are just perfect for leading someone in a prayer to get them born again. It makes it real clear, real easy. Amen? Do you see that? You see how easy that is? That they say, yeah, I want to accept Jesus as the Lord. What do I have to do? Well, just repeat after me. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. I ask you, ask you, Father, to forgive me of all sin in my life. I repent for that. And I believe that Jesus was raised from the, the dead. I believe that in my heart and I confess that with my mouth. And then um, I am saved. I call myself saved. Amen? It's, it's, you can keep it, keep it simple. I would encourage you to keep it simple. It doesn't have to be a big, wordy um uh, Prayer. It doesn't have to be big and wordy. When I go into nursing homes and there's people that have no, um, um, let's say they're, they're, they're talking gibberish and they don't know me from Adam and I don't know them, but they're talking, they're just talking gibberish and they may, may not be making sense. They may be curled up in a bed, but you know, they can still hear me when I come into that room. They still know. They can still hear. They may, they hear it with their spirit. You know, and so I can say to them, would you like to accept Jesus as Lord? Now, I, I don't always expect a response. But I say, just, just say, Jesus is Lord. And see, I, it's not my, I don't have to make that happen. I just need to get the word out. And they can make a decision whether they do it verbally or not. They make it a decision. Amen? Even if there's somebody in a coma and you have an opportunity to preach the gospel to them. When I say preach, hey, make Jesus Lord of your life so you have a guaranteed home in heaven. Preach the gospel. 
make it simple so that they can they can make it. Yep, that's where I'm going. You know, and so so we we shouldn't be moved by what we see, but we can still preach the gospel to these people. Amen. We uh, years ago we had a gentleman that was in the uh, in the church, and he sat right over there. And he, he he was and his wife were bringing. She was okay. He was not. He was Alzheimer. And and anyway, um, my husband went over there to pray for him, and he was a little angry about all of that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, my husband bound the spirit of confusion and Alzheimer's, and he repeated after my husband, and we believe he's in heaven to this day too. Same thing with my uh, my dad as well, you know, and. Uh, um, my mom, more dementia, but um, we would always just talk to him about the Lord, his saving ability for them, and, you know, and just talk to him about Jesus loves them. I mean, we let him in the prayer of salvation, of course, and we, we did it several times with both of them, you know. Anyway, so so doesn't make any difference if they don't, if you don't think they hear you or you don't think they understand that's not what we're looking at. See, the word says that we're to no longer look after the flesh. We're to look after the spirit. That's in Galatians. We're to look after the spirit. So that's why God, when he looks down, he doesn't see all your problems. He doesn't see everything that's going wrong. He doesn't see the ugly part of you that you see. You know what I mean? What he sees is who you are in Christ. That's what he sees. He sees the redemptive work that he's done in you. He sees your heart. He knows exactly where you are and what you're doing. And and um, um, so that's why we are called to do that too. We're to look after people after the spirit, not after the, the flesh. How would God be looking at them? That's why little children, to God, they look the same as we do. Amen? Amen. Um, okay, so... Um, Meditate those scripture verses before you, you know, I would just do it on a regular basis, you know, so you have them in your heart. So when there's the opportunity, I'll tell you what, (laughs) you won't have to look for an opportunity. If you've got them in your heart, God's going to set you up. He's going to set you up because, aha, one of my kids has got those scripture verses and they're ready to lead someone to the Lord. So here comes, here comes someone. Have you ever seen when you've gone through a, a troubled situation after you broke through and you got to the other side and you know what scripture verses you used and it's a praise the Lord and everything's going good. Have you ever seen the number of people God brings across your path to deal with the same situation that you just broke through on? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll see that, you know? And so, so because we're already attuned to what's the right thing to say, what the scripture verses are, what we can do to encourage that person in their walk. We're already, we've, we've been there and done that. And that's why it's really important. And so um, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 then. And you get these scripture verses under your, uh, uh, you get these scripture verses um, in your heart. <laughs> and then uh, you can, you can, God will set you up. He'll bring people across your path for you to share the gospel. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a big flowery speech like you hear me do on Sunday morning or what I've been just doing now. It doesn't have to be that. It can be as simple as, but listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside. When I, when I pray, when I do a lot of my counseling, I listen on the inside. What's God saying? 
What does God want me to say to that person? What does God want me to pray about that situation? That's why it's so important that we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get that way? It's a test. (laughs) How do we get that way? How do we get sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Praying in tongues. Who said that? Thank you, Juan. I mean, other people did too, but praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. You're, you're going to find, if we get to it next week, you'll find that that's one of the major callings that is so important to the body of Christ. It's a diversity of tongues. And and um, me, myself, I, I want more understanding of that particular calling because I am I do walk in that. But it's, a, it's been a growing and a learning process for me. But um, there's four categories of that area of diversity of tongues, and one of them is for personal edification. That's why it's important that you have your prayer language, you pray in tongues, and you build yourself up. You build that edifice up on the inside of you so that you are rock solid for God. And that way the enemy doesn't come. You know, the enemy tries to be like a bulldozer and come shoving you out of the way. But see, when you've built yourself up on on the inside, you've built yourself up by praying in tongues like it says in Jude. You can write that down if you want to. It's Jude 20 and 21. Build yourself up, keep yourself in the love of God, and build yourself up in your most holy faith. When you do that, you're not that bulldozer is going to come and push you around. You're going to say, back off in Jesus' name. Back off because your faith is strong. You're on that rock and you back off using the, the things that God has given you. And one of them is the, is the, uh, your prayer language is very, very vital to the calling, to everything else you've already heard me talk about. Okay. So second Corinthians 517. If you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. New things have come. That has happened to everybody that has been born again. New things have come to you. And so when you're working with somebody that's a brand new, do you remember the word talked about discipleship? We might have to do some, some studying on that, but discipleship, you know what that is? You disciple them. You work with these people once they're born again. You disciple them, and you get them to a place where they can stand on their own and not falter and fall. You get them to that place. You work with them. Um, okay, I can share this. I I was working with this the lady the last two weeks uh, out of state, and she was edging into a, a place of breakdown. But uh, one morning I spent three hours talking to her on the phone, praying with her, talking with her, praying with her, breaking the power of this, getting her to think the right thoughts, talking right thoughts to her. That's a wrong thought. This is a right thought. She has come out of it. I mean, it wasn't just, uh, there was a couple other people that went over and prayed with her. And um, she's been touching base with me every day. We sit down and we pray. If it's just five minutes, 15 minutes, and of course, that's good for me too. I don't care. I need that prayer time too. So we sit and we pray in tongues. We pray in tongues. And she sings and some of her tongue has developed into to a, a, a more of an Indian type tongue. And she just, she just been so peaceful and so blessed and encouraged. And so, um, so anyway, that's, that's, I just said all that because it's a good example of discipling somebody. 
You see what I mean? And that's part of our job here. That's part of what that word was, is disciple them. And you can't just let them flounder. I got my own issues. <laughs> Do you know what? The more you, the more you spend time helping and praying with somebody else about your issues, oh man, my issues aren't that bad after all. You know what I mean? My issues aren't that bad. I mean, you look at Job. He had a tough time. Didn't he have a tough time? <laughs> anyway, God, I, God wanted him to pray for his guys that made fun of him. You, you're just, you're just in sin, Job. You need to admit it. God wanted him to pray for him. You know when Job prayed for him? I think it's chapter 42. It's the last page of my Bible in Job. Anyway, he said he, he prayed for them. And you know what God did? God restored everything back to him that the enemy took. God restored it all back because he prayed <clears throat> for those that were persecuting him. Amen? And they repented too. And so so we there's just, I mean, all, all we have to do is stay in love. We just have to stay in love with people and love the Lord. If you love the Lord, that love that God pours in you is going to pour out to other people. Amen? Okay, we're not getting very far here today, I say. Um, anyway, Second Corinthians, you can explain to them that is the new nature that they receive. And the reason, um, because they have a nature that has, has been, I think that's in Romans. I think I wrote that down. Um, yeah, Romans 5, 12, we don't need to go there by one man. Everybody has sinned. You know, and that was Adam caused everybody to come under that that sin nature. And so when you get born again, you become a new person in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. New things have come. So you're a new creation. You're a brand new person. And that is so important to explain to these people that are just getting born again. They'll, they'll notice a difference. They'll notice a difference. They'll notice a change in their lives. I, I did. And I mean, I was only, what, 11 or 13. I knew immediately, you know, that I didn't want to cuss and swear and I didn't want to throw things. So I knew immediately I had changed, you know, changed. Transformation over a lot of years. <laughs> anyway, so, but you know, I, I learned some of that from watching adults throw things, adults cuss and swear. And so, so, but God set us free when he paid the price with his son. Amen. Okay, so, and another scripture verse, you can talk to them. They've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And then also the assurance. Let's look at First John, please. Another one is the assurance of salvation. I, I, never, I never had to deal with this. First uh, John, and we're chapter 5. Um, nor did I have to deal with the devil trying to steal my prayer language from me. But people do. People question whether they're really born again. People question whether they actually received the baptismal Holy Spirit in their prayer language. People question that. And um, I, I never I never had that issue. I never had to fight for that. You know, I knew when I got born again, I was born again. And things had changed. I knew when I received the baptismal Holy Spirit and I had my prayer language, I knew I had that. I didn't have to question, well, is that God? You know? And so... Um, those things are important. First John five eleven, and this is the witness, and and the witness is this that God has given us eternal life, 
and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. And so it's it's a, a different set of circumstances if you're having to talk to somebody that doesn't know whether they're really born again or not, you know. You have to you have to give them the word, and then you have to encourage them. Did you do this? Did you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth? Well, if you did that, then the enemy's trying to torment you to take you out of it. So you have to you have to learn how to encourage them. So the assurance of salvation is another um, uh, that's another really uh, important part to help people um, know. So then after. Hmm, well, after after there's the the baptism or after the cleansing that comes when Jesus is the, you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you're cleansed, you're clean inside, you're clean. So then you're a good candidate for the Holy Spirit to come and fill that area, and that's what we want to get them to do the next step. If you're discipling somebody or you're leading them to the Lord. You don't just get them born again, but they need the next step. Or like my husband would say, the other side of the coin. They need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit then. And see, they need to understand that there's a cleansing that takes place. And that's what I was just sharing with somebody. It is so important to get in church. It is so important to get in church. I'm not talking about, I'm looking at anybody in particular. I'm not, I'm not talking about anybody. I just know. I just know what the enemy comes to do if you're not in church. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you go through a week of junk in a factory, if you're in a factory or if you're in a school or whatever, you get all this junk on you. Just picture yourself with this monkey hanging here and a monkey hanging here and this dome of oppression on your head. And you maybe you were sitting around somebody and all they could talk about was everything negative. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, you get in church and the minute you hear the Word of God, the Word of God starts knocking that stuff off of you. It starts bringing you freedom. It starts bringing you change because your mind isn't focused on everything that's going wrong or everything that everybody dumped in your head. Your mind is focused on the truth of the gospel and it's set there and you walk out of here full of peace and joy and love. And, oh man, that's why some people will come and say, I need, I need something in the middle of the week. I need something in the middle of the week because they're not in a place yet to be able to stand against the schemes and tactics of the enemy through the week. That makes sense? So, so the word of God, that's why it's so important. And if you, if you're not, that's why I just watch it. So, um, I, I, I just really watch it for people. I mean, as a, as a pastor, it's just on my heart so much so that, that, um, I know, I know what happens if people miss two or three maybe more than three Sundays. They're, they get deceived. They get tricked. They get told, oh, well, that's okay. You missed two. You're all right. You don't need to go. I mean, take it easy. You know You know what I mean by that? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe most of you haven't experienced that, but I've seen it too much in my life. I've seen it too much where people miss a few Sundays and they're gone. They're gone because the enemy's poured enough junk on them through the week or through the two weeks that they're gone, or the three weeks that they're gone, they walk They walk in a place of bondage, and they start wanting to um, pacify their flesh. And their flesh says, oh, you just stay in bed today, it's okay. Just stay in bed. You know how many times I would like to stay in bed? <laughs> On a Sunday morning, or a Wednesday night? Huh? 
or not go do this at all. You know what I mean? You know? But you you learn that that's just the voice of the enemy. And that on the other side of that is a blessing. And that's your calling. And God, see, God's going to look at your, how you, how, how you, how you do. He's going to look at that. See, he's going to, he's going to look at your perseverance. He's going to look at how you handle a situation or whatever he's doing. He's going to look at that before he promotes you. It's, it's just true. If you want to do something for the Lord, you have to prove yourself in order to get promotion. Isn't that like it is in the workplace? Don't you have to prove yourself to get promotion? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you're around God enough, you know that he gets grieved. If that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, but but you're proving yourself. And that reminds me that, you know, in that word that I just um, read last week, that prophecy. Let's see, I think it says something about in there. I have counted you faithful. And you will see the increase, says the Lord. You know, he's counted it uh, faithful. Um, I think, was that the only place? Um, oh, maybe, oh, up here. The kingdom shall be present upon this ground. The kingdom shall be present upon this ground, for it has been tried, tested, and weighed, and I have seen it faithful. Amen. That's not just because of me. It's because of people that have steadfastly believed God for what we're doing here. Amen? Amen? So he's he's um, tried, tested, and weighed, and I've seen it faithful. Amen? And that's, that's so encouraging right there. It's encouraging to you as an individual. It's encouraging to you in your calling as well. See, he'll... he'll um, he, he watches your faithfulness. He watches everything. And then with that comes the promotion. Okay. Well, I'm going to, um, we'll pick it up here. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, we're going to go into the gifts and the callings as well. There's different categories of the callings. You know, there's the, the uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist. And they are here to serve you for bringing the maturing to the body of Christ. Amen. Then you have the helps and the governments that are here to do the works of the ministry. And then you have the diversity of tongues, the diversity of tongues, which is four. There's four categories there. Um, um, the tongues for edification. Then there's the tongues and interpretation, which is one of the gifts. And then there's the, uh, the, the intercessory groanings. That's another one. Um, anybody else got the fourth one? <laughs> the fourth one? Um, oh, I know what it is. It's, it's assigned to the unbeliever. There's those four categories. And I think if we don't know these things are available, are you going to do them? If you go to a grocery store and you don't know that you can buy steaks over the meat counter, would you ever buy any? Huh? <laughs> if you, if you go to a, a, a department store, if you go one second one, if you go to a department store and you don't know they sell shoes, would you ever buy shoes there? No. <laughs> so if we don't know what the gifts of the spirit are and what they do for us, we're not going to use them, are we? No. Or you're not going to you're not going to be aware of them so that when they are, start to manifest through you, you won't know it if you're not aware of them. Amen? 
Yeah, one. Yeah, one. The one I think that I read in Romans wasn't that the one? Um, let's see. Huh? Yeah, Romans. Uh, was it five? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, Romans five twelve is one. Where? Well, let's just look there. Why don't we real quick? You know, I I did ask the Lord if He wanted to go all day today. And, um, you know, because I had so much that I think we need to cover. <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say we should or shouldn't. I didn't get anything from him. So, so anyway, you are, you're, anyway, Romans 5, Romans 5, 12, um, is, uh, therefore just through one man sin entered and it would help them to understand Adam and what he did, okay? Sin entered into the whole world. Everything was tainted, everything, everything, okay? And so, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So so that's why, because of what Adam did, he's op- opened the door up to the sin and sin nature and the enemy runs and rules and reigns here. And so the the devil comes in John 10, 10 to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the devil that kills, steals, and destroys. Jesus came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And see, that's what we're after. If we accept Jesus as Lord, then we are promised the abundant life. So so um, God isn't in the business of stealing and killing and destroying. It's the devil. God isn't in the business of killing children. It's the enemy. And and we're in a, a fallen world, but the church should be ruling and reigning in this world. That's our position uh, as, as a born-again believer. We rule and reign, and the enemy's under our feet. And we tell him to go, and we tell him to give that back, and we tell him to stop it. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> ask them. Ask them, did God choose to take that first drug? Who chose to take the first drug? Ask them. It wasn't, it wasn't God. God didn't make them do anything. They have a free will. God created them with a free will. They made the choice to do the drugs. No, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, somebody that's a born again believer has tasted the power of God, walked in the power of God. They can still make a choice that I don't want anything to do with it anymore. And God won't, God can't do anything about it. But they can make a choice to walk away from God. Their will's involved all the time. And God's not going to override that. But God wants us to live for him all the time. God wants us to serve him, but we choose who we, whom we're going to serve. We choose. We choose. And that's always important to keep that before us. We choose who we're serving. We choose what we're putting in our bodies. We choose uh, whether we're going to be in church or not. We, we choose. We choose. We choose. 
So once you understand the schemes and tactics of the enemy, you can always make that choice against what he's, he's, you know, remember last week, um, Nick was sitting here and I was talking about how, how, um, uh, you know, well, we, we still have junk on us, you know, we get born again, the flesh has maybe been hurt, uh, our memory, we have a, a, a hurt and a wound in our memory, you know, it's one thing to get people to stop thinking here, the negative, I'm talking about this young lady that I was working with over the week, to, to stop thinking back about the bad stuff. You need to get them to thinking about who God is, how God sees them, who they are, what they have in Christ. So I encouraged her to take scripture verses, and she was a very good student, was doing everything I asked her to do, you know. And so we can get our mind renewed to those things that we have. And when our mind is renewed, see, our spirit man is always trying to lead us and guide us into all truth, you know. But our mind may think, oh, man, it would really be nice to have a joint. I don't think they call it that anymore, but it'd really be nice to have have that. Or I need to go to the bar and get a drink. It'd really be nice. But see, if you've got that hook and that handle on you yet, and you haven't prayed in tongues and knocked that thing off, then the enemy knows that. He's going to come and pull on that hook and handle and get you to walk back into the bar or go get a, a drug thing or whatever. He's going to he's going to do that. That's why it's so important to be in church, to hear the truth, to renew your mind, to pray in tongues, to worship God. I mean, we have to do that. We have to do or we're going to fall. The church has to get up out of the ruts. Remember I talked about the ruts last week? The church has to get up out of the ruts and make a new path, one that's full of power, love, and a soundness of mind. One that's... The gifts of the Spirit are a daily occurrence in the body of Christ. Miracles are an everyday happening in the body of Christ. The church has to get up to do that. They have to get out of that religious, I'm nobody type mentality. The church has to get out of that. Remember I talked about the four places the church is at? The four things? The church is in. You have the church that just gets you born again. Most of you probably didn't hear this last week. You have a church that just gets you born again. That's one I was raised in. I'm not born again. I was raised in one that you don't get born again in. And I got born again in front of Billy Graham. And so you have that that church. And then you have the church that gets you born again. And that's it. You're a good little boy or a good little girl. You got born again. Go live your life for Jesus. Then you got a <laughs> Yeah, right. Then you got <laughs> you got a, you got you got the young people doing drugs and what happened to him? Couldn't he stay in church? Well, anyway. <laughs> Then you got the church, the next phase, you got the church that gets them born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues. Okay, that's all they learn. That's all they learn. They don't learn. Then you got the, you got the church that I'm believing we are. <laughs> you got the church that gets them born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, <laughs> speaking in tongues. Functioning in the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, they learn why it's so important to speak in tongues, what the benefits are of speaking in tongues, what it will do for you, what it will do for you. Now, I have 
I have um, I have several of those. If anybody never got any of the the benefits of praying in tongues that I did this teaching a long time ago, these benefits. I mean, you can go online and find a hundred, but I don't know that that person has experienced all hundred. I put down ones that I have experienced myself. I've seen what praying in tongues did for me. I don't know how many are here, maybe 30 or 33 of them, the benefits of praying in tongues. And so it it's not just a, oh, I'm going to pray in tongues and I'm going to go to the bar. No, you pray in tongues and you get rid of that bar desire. <laughs> or pray in tongues and get rid of the drug desire. Does that help you on? Yeah. See, see, because we need to walk in power. And see, the church only... The church gets to the place where they are baptized in the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues, but they're never taught that they have the power to walk out of the bondages of sin that have plagued them their whole life. That they have that power. Amen? So if anybody wants the um, the benefits of praying in tongues, you want one? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Yeah, Katie? Anybody else? Norma? Oh, Juan? Okay. Oh. I, uh, no. Could you make a couple more copies? Um, no, this is the prophecy. <laughs> She's going to make some copies for you. And they want, anybody else want one? Anybody else? Okay. All right. Well, um, we could, we could just keep going, guys. You know, it's 1215 already. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, so she's going to make a couple more copies. Um, there's three pages to that. Do you each want one back there, both of you? Okay, I didn't. Uh, we'll see what she brings up. She might make more. Anyway, so God is so good. God is good. Is there anything? Um, um, Serena, did you want prayer for anything? Are you okay? Okay. Uh, is your trial tomorrow? Okay. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, that you do give Serena wisdom, understanding peace in the midst of the storm. We thank you, Father, that she continues to have favor, even if she doesn't see it right at that point in time, that, Father, you continue to give her favor, show her things to come, lead her and guide her into all truth. Father, cause her to rise. Like, rise up strong in the midst of this, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We break the power of all words that have been spoke over her. Contrary to life, we command them to go off of her, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you wrap your arms of love and acceptance around her, no matter what. She's loved by you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.